Hello, and welcome to the Business of Information Security podcast with me, Gareth Becker. In this podcast, we chat to senior cybersecurity executives from a range of industries about their passions, experiences, and challenges. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Business of InfoSec podcast. Today, we're talking all about automation in cybersecurity, uh, how it can enable productivity and security. So to do that, I've invited Karen Holmes, Vice President and CISO at workforce technology solutions firm True Blue, onto the show. Uh, if you've not had a chance to connect with Karen at one of our events or conferences, then you might like to know that Karen is on a mission to promote innovative thinking using automation and orchestration to provide seamless and secure user experiences. Before taking on her role at True Blue in 2017, Karen held senior IT and cybersecurity roles for the retailer Recreational Equipment, Cruise Lines Carnival Corporation and Holland America Lines, and the financial powerhouse JP Morgan Chase. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to have you on. Uh, now, outside of the office, you might find Karen taking care of her five dogs, all of whom are named after breakfast foods. That's, uh, that sounds like a pretty busy household, Karen. It is. It is. But on the plus side, uh, you know, we've got the room. We've got the time. One of the things we found as we were looking forward to all of our five children moving out of the house, we kind of substituted them with dogs. So... It was kind of a, a bit of a status quo on the plus side. We can easily leave dogs with bowls of water and kibble and, and go away for the evening without worrying about babysitters. So much more low maintenance than the children were. <laughs> uh, any, any particular breeds that you're, uh, you're a fan of? I, I have a problem with hound dogs. Uh, currently, we have a three basset hounds and two bloodhounds. I love a saggy, drooly dog. Um, and... Uh, yeah, Bassets are definitely, and so are Bloodhounds, low-energy dogs, so they just want to know if there's anything good on TV and if we can have lasagna for dinner. So they kind of fit in with a busy lifestyle. <laughs> Certainly. Sounds a lot like uh, a lot like children, actually, after all. It is. Um, <laughs> so, um, again, thanks for joining me uh, today, Karen. And, and um, one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you on to uh, this episode was because I was, I was really keen to talk about uh, automation in cybersecurity, how it's kind of um, evolved over the time where we're, we're at today. And I, I know from uh, speaking to you before that your um, professional motto is automate or die. Now, uh, obviously, that's a very a kind of uh, arresting uh, statement. And, um, and so I'm really keen to find out more about how you came to adopt that motto, what it means to you, and how it translates uh, into your work as a cybersecurity professional. Sure. So it kind of evolved uh, with my team on, on just the concept of automation. Uh, because the, the simple fact of the matter is, you know, bad actors only have to be right once. Uh, we in cybersecurity have to be right every single time. And, and there's a lot more people out there attempting to do naughty things, scripting naughty things, launching Trojans and bots and polymorphic malware that can sit for years and wait to be launched at a, any given time. And you simply cannot hire enough people 
to stare at screens 24 by 7 by 365 looking for something that might pop their interest. Humans miss things, and it, it's just mind-crushingly dull to sit there and watch feeds from monitors and logging all day long. Um, so really, we needed to look at a place where what can automation do for us so we can free up our, our cyber threat engineers to really look at the things we care about. You know, it, it's really taking away from that traditional view of red team, blue teaming, and really looking at purple team, it, you know, and really using the tools to really do that ground foundational work. So we're really picking up the interesting things and not really listening to all the noise. Yeah. And I think it's it's a topic that's really, it's really a hot, hot topic right now. And um, so, so, so why do you think that, um, you know, for our audience or for people who are listening, why, why do you think that this is something that cybersecurity professionals should be focused on now? Uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is you are never going to find enough people to actually staff yourself a 24 by 7 by 365 sock. You can certainly manage this out uh, to a provider who will stare at screens and, and look at uh, the telemetry data and, and wake your engineers up in the middle of the night, but that's incredibly expensive as well. So not only do you need to have those tools in your environment, but you're paying somebody to watch them for you as well. Um, and, and there's a finite amount of skilled labor that can do this work for you. And so really by selecting interoperable tools that will do that initial triage for you, you don't need that human touch. And it gets you out from under the very large weight of a SIM that is, I mean, we have a SIM, we have a small footprint with a SIM, but when you're really looking at enterprise monitoring in the SIM, I mean, you're looking at huge dollars for licensing. You're looking at, at minimum two to three full-time employees just to manage the SIM. And it's weight on top of you that's really not giving value add back to the organization. You know, I think that that theme of kind of taking the weight of a lot of that manual work off of, you know, your, your team is really, really key. And, and so for you, what are the kind of benefits that you get out of that? What are the kind of tasks that you, you know, are then happier to put that people power into? So, and again, it, it's tracing down those logs. And the biggest organizational benefit that I've seen out of this taking away that, that kind of grunt log work away from my cyber threat engineers is I am better to, it's easier to attract and retain really top talent because they're working on really interesting things. Um, it, the market for cyber threat engineers is, is really tight. And the key is really to keep them engaged and keep them really interested and you know, working on things that they've hand rolled and really kind of exploring the capabilities of tools. Um, and they're able to have a really tight focus on this looks interesting and I want to pull that thread and let's dig down. But if you're under the weight of really looking at event monitoring at that 
low level, that's soul crushing and you're not going to keep really sharp people engaged if that's the type of the work they're doing, because that's not the type of work that's interesting, right? It, it's the following the thread. It's chasing the breadcrumbs. It's, aha, I caught the guy. You know, using our tools, we actually were able to thwart a zero day on a laptop on the other end of the world through automation before it propagated through our system. So it's that kind of, of work where you're not scrambling, you're ahead of the game that automation can really give you. And then we can run around and high five each other. It's like, yeah, we caught this with the automation. Now I'm going to dig into how it got in, what was ingress to begin with, rather than running around trying to play whack-a-mole, stopping it as it moves through your environment. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. And um, especially in, in, you know, when it is so difficult to, to really get the top people, I think you know that 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 is really such a key key point. Um, you know, a, a lot of organisations as well have really been going through a big transformation, kind of digital transformation, as people like to say. And you know, the amount of data that is being produced by kind of enterprises has just risen exponent, exponentially. How does that kind of play into automation in cybersecurity? So it's one of those places that's really interesting. It's a double-edged sword, right? So, you know, as you're moving into more of a digital footprint, into a cloud environment, AWS, Google Cloud, whatever, Azure, um, you know, you've really got a great opportunity to um, really secure the environment in a good way. But conversely, because it's such an agile environment, you also have that exponential risk of somebody spinning up an environment that you really know nothing about and that you've really not been able to secure because you don't know it exists. If you don't see it, you can't secure it. So it, it's really a double-edged sword as, as far as security and that automation. I mean, some of there have been some really top-notch companies who have had data exposed through an unencrypted S3 bucket or something that's forward-facing or that they didn't know was forward-facing because it's, a, it's such a new area that people are moving in and so rapidly and things are changing so quickly. So I think really the strategy and how you deal with this digital footprint is it's it's like a jigsaw puzzle, right? So when you're building a jigsaw puzzle, you don't throw away the box, dump all the pieces onto a table, and then spend months trying to find the middle piece of the puzzle and build out from there. You save the top of the box, you have a clear vision of what success looks like, and then you start at the edges and you build your way in. Right. So especially with a digital footprint, it's making sure you've secured the edge. And what does your edge look like? And I'm in no way a proponent of the hard candy shell soft gooey center. Obviously, you need security through the system, through your systems. But you have to make sure that the tools are interoperable, that they're talking to themselves. So whatever you have at the edge is talking to whatever you have there on your user endpoints, which is talking into whatever monitoring that you have inside your instances inside the cloud. So it, it's not the what I affectionately call the everlasting gobstopper of security, where it's hard and you go through hard layers. It's more the, like I said, the Cadbury egg of, of security. My team really likes candy, so I tend to talk with a lot of candy metaphors. But you do have that hard candy shell, but everything inside is a bit, has its purpose, but is a bit fluid and, and is intertwined with everything else. 
I said, it's a great opportunity to really define what success looks like. And as you start, especially through a digital transformation and security, you really have to define success first before you start and then build back from success. But everything's got to really kind of play together and have its own piece, but combine to be essentially that perfect bite of the Cadbury egg. I, I love the uh, the candy metaphors as well, actually, that although I'm feeling a little hungry now. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a little bit about your experience of, of bringing in these kind of systems. Um, what kind of challenges did, did you have uh, either technically or in terms of um, your teams um, or your indeed your management structure? <clears throat> so I, I actually have a great cybersecurity team. Um, just the watching the way they interact and the things that they do. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you with um, my principal cyber threat engineer will be in a conference room and people will be talking about something and I'll look at him and I'll just say, what do you think about? And he'll go, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, so if we do that, and he goes, right. And we do this thing where we never actually talk in complete sentences but we know exactly what we're talking about and exactly where we're going. And, and there's a dozen other people in the room and they're like, what did you two just do? And like, we'll explain it later, but we're in complete agreement and we've not like actually made a complete sentence. And, and so it's just, I've got this great team that is really kind of in each other's heads. And it's, it's always been one of my philosophies that I will, skills are super important, yes. But you look for that personality and that thing that you know will just gel with the team. You know, you can you can work on anybody's skill level and really get them moving in a particular direction that they need to either for your organization or for their professional advancement. But there's that thing that you know it's like, yeah, this person's going to come into the group and they're going to like fill that hole and they're going to get along and everything is going to just gel perfectly. So as people are really... That's the people, right? Because it's people, process, and technology, right? The, the people in when you're building a tight team is so critically important and making sure they're really gelling and that it's okay if we're talking over the top of each other. Or, you know, my director of cloud security is great about coming into my office and just looking at me and going, no, Karen, just, just no. And I'll be, why? And he's like, I'm going to explain all the reasons why, but I'm just going to say no. And I'm, you know, I tend to like, oh man, because I really wanted to do that thing. And he's like, no. I'm like, all right, tell me why. It's okay. It needs to be okay as a leader for people to tell you you're wrong and to listen to their ideas um, and why you're wrong and where your own thought process went wrong or where their understanding went wrong. And you may actually be right, but having that dialogue. Um, the other piece then when you get into tools is really focusing on the interoperability. You know, you, there's some really cool tools out there doing really neat stuff with security that all of us are like, yes, I want it. That does the best thing ever, but it doesn't work with anything else. So it's going to be the snowflake in your environment. You're going to need an employee, an FTE just for the care and feeding of it. And then that's just, you're going to end up like abandoning that tool at some point because it's become more work than it's adding value. So it's really defining that success, finding tools that fit your success criteria, things that play together. I, I, I mean, I literally get a dozen sales calls a day, you know, from various people who's, you know, their tool's gonna cure cancer, 
solve world hunger, end the pandemic. You know, it's going to do all these amazing things. Oh, but you don't work with my core stack. Sorry. You know, it just, and, and making sure you're just sucking all the juice out of each of these tools that you want. I'm, I'm sure I'm not unique in this situation where you buy a tool and then you find yourself with a lot of overlap with capabilities, with things that you've, you've purchased and really just making sure that you you're getting things for with purpose you're getting all the use out of it and that they interoperate. And that kind of goes to the Cadbury egg piece. We've got that hard candy shell of, of the firewalls and the perimeter security and everybody's got that, right? Endpoint security, everybody's got that. But how does it interplay with everything that's on the inside of the egg? So your team is very much the same thing as your security. You've got to have that interoperability. You've got to have those no single points of failure on your team. Well, there's only one guy who knows this. So now we're kind of screwed because he's on PTO, she's on PTO. So the same philosophy with my organization is the same with the tools. It's the interoperability. It's making sure you play nice that it all together is that perfect bite. That's that's great. And um, and again, with the, the candy metaphors, I really it's uh, it's definitely speaking to me. I think um, it's bricks to nerds everywhere. We, we, we just. <laughs> everybody's got like a jar of candy or snacks or something on their desk, right? (laughs) We're stress eaters. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, what the kind of implications of uh, there being, you know, we're getting more computing power all the time. Technology is getting more advanced, but you know, the, the bad guys out there are doing the same thing. So there's this kind of um, arms race uh, uh, of a of a kind on both sides. So, what what do you think? You know, and it, obviously, there's you know people trying to break passwords and various different things using different kinds of automation and programs. What do you think that cybersecurity executives should be aware of in regard to the potential for the expanded use of automation or technology by the bad guys? So, at least in my opinion, the bad guys have been using automation a lot longer. You know, the offense has been using it a lot longer than the defense has. And I, I think that's, you know, you're running, you're sending out, you know, 10,000 phishing emails, right? With a compromised, you know, a weaponized PDF, Excel spreadsheet, whatever it is that you're doing, or it's just a straight up, you know, credential grab. They're sending out those 10,000 emails and they're going and making a sandwich and waiting for somebody to click on it. Right. And, you know, script kitties and, and, you know, Trojans that may be sitting there, you know, for months or years waiting for a particular event or a particular trigger, they've been using it for longer than we have. And I think at this point, you know, for the automation piece, we're just trying to catch up. I mean, malware comes with SLAs now. You know, we guarantee you this much or, we're, or we'll give you your money back or a percentage or whatever. I mean, we're, we're catching up with what they've been doing. And it's just really interesting to when you see the bad actors and what they're doing, you know, some of the stuff, I mean, stuff just comes around again. It's, you know, like credentials grabs and then, you know, logging in and doing, you know, naughty things. It's like really at any point now, is anybody not using MFA? I mean, it's kind of mind boggling when you look at, you know, some of the recent breaches that have been, and it's like, well, you know, they got elevated credentials and, you know, they went in and they did naughty things. And it's like, really, you're in a global pandemic and you're not using MFA. You know, it's it's a bit, it's a bit mind boggling. Um, but I think as far as the automation, they've been doing it longer than we have. 
And and I think we're just catching up. And again, they only have to be right once. We have to be right every time. Yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree with you, it's especially, you know, the, the kind of conversations that I, I have, um, you know, with with executives. And then you read those stories. It is, you know, it's mind boggling even to me that, um, uh, you know, that for many organizations that they're, they're not quite in that in that place yet. So so actually on that theme for any one of our listeners, because we are just getting up to time now um, for anyone out there who is either just at a very early stage in terms of uh, the journey with uh, automation, um, they're looking to do a bit more or perhaps even looking to get started altogether. W- what advice would you give uh, about how they should get started? The biggest thing is to find success first. What what areas are you, you securing? And take a risk-based approach. Where are your most vulnerable assets? And, you know, and in my opinion, you know, people can differ. It's the user endpoint. It's the place where the user who's just doing their job is interacting with what we affectionately call the bowels of hell, which is actually the internet. So, um, you know, it's what does that interaction look like? And like building the jigsaw puzzle, define success and define your perimeter and secure that perimeter first and build your way in. Only look at things that play well together that, okay, this email protection and this CASB solution will feed up into this dashboard, which is tied to your firewalls, which is tied to, you know, your endpoint protection solution, which is you know, speaking to your AV solution so that you get that holistic view of your environment in as small a dashboard as possible. Having people log into six dashboards to look at six different tools to figure out what's happening in the event of an event. I mean, you've lost so much time just logging into tools to see what's going on. And that, and everybody knows that's that mean time to remediation is your key. How quickly can you contain? whatever naughtiness is going on in your environment. Interoperability is really, I think, the place to start and defining success. What do you care about? Do you care about the coffee cup ordering database? Nah, you know what, guys, you can have that. That's fine. We order this many coffee cups a year. Something that contains the W-2s of everyone who works in the environment? Well, I care about that, right? So take a risk-based approach. Yeah, I, I love that, absolutely. And um, well, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the the chance to talk, and um, I hope that you uh, you have a, a nice weekend. Are you, are you doing anything nice with the maybe taking the dogs out for a walk? Oh well, they'll definitely go to dog park. But I lost a bet with my husband, so I have to go golfing, which is not my favorite thing. But I lost <laughs> a bet, so I have to golf. <laughs> It sounds dreadful. I uh, hope you have a wonderful time. Yeah, he, he enjoys it. I enjoy, you know, driving the cart and drinking beer. So we're good. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. An absolute pleasure. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Business of InfoSec podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're currently listening to make sure you get our latest episodes. Plus, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. As always, you can find us and engage with us on social media, as well as on the Business of InfoSec website, where you can find this podcast, as well as other topical articles, reports, and videos. So, until next time, take care.